I know, man, a cold morning, hard to get out of bed, but you have made it, man. Thank you for turning on the TV or your laptop, however you're watching this morning. But for those in the room, come on, give yourselves a little more love, y'all. Y'all made it. Y'all still sound a little sluggish. Listen, it's going to get worse. You're going to eat too much this week. Let's get it out of the way. You know what I'm saying? You're going to eat too much. You'll be sluggish, having a good time. But let me tell you something. Getting here today is a big deal because it really does help a lot of people around the world. You'll see what I'm talking about in just a couple of minutes. But before I move into that, there's a lot of people that get here at 4 in the morning. That's right. You think it's early getting here at 11. Imagine getting here at 4 in the morning to set all of this up. We, you know, we tear down. We set up. Can you do me a favor and give them a round of applause for getting up so early to make sure it happens? Come on, y'all. Thank you, media team and all of the volunteers that make it happen. We cannot do it without you. And today is another example of that. We cannot do what we're going to try to accomplish today without your help. And last week, you blew us away, man. You did it. Go ahead and give yourself a round of applause. 80,000 meals packed, and you raised all the money plus some. Come on, y'all. Give a little love right there. So thankful for that because now, as a result of raising extra money, we're able to feed the hub, which helps with homeless people in downtown Shreveport. We're actually able to feed Juarez, Mexico when we go in a couple months. Honduras is going to now have a feeding program. We're going to do some food when we go down there. And for Thanksgiving, the rescue mission, we're able to donate to them all because of your generosity, making sure it happens. So give me some love. Come on, y'all. One more time. Pretty awesome, man. It's a big deal when you start thinking about all that we have to be grateful for and all that we have to be thankful for and that you give out of that generosity. It really does mean the world to us. Thanks for partnering with us to help people in this community and around the world. Now, last week, I had a little fun with you. I had some confessions of that I love food. Well, Pastor Confessors Week 2 is I also love water. Now, if I'm being honest, I don't like to drink water. That's not what I'm talking about. I love to play in the water, and that's been obvious over the years at Simple Church because I show these pictures. We're going to have a little fun with that this morning. Here's a picture of our family tubing. I love getting on the water. That's just one of my favorite places to be. We went and saw uh, Chicago, up in Chicago, U2. And when we got up there, here's another example. They said, man, what are you going to do? I said, I'm diving in the water. They're like, dude, it's cold. It didn't matter. I was going to go out there and have a good time because water, something about it, it's just one of those things I love having a good time. Uh, for example, one other is Splash Kingdom. Anybody remember Splash Kingdom? Man, give me the big slide, son. Go big or go home. So if there's a way to do it, we're going to make it happen. And even when we travel around the world, there's some connection to getting involved in the water that is happening in our communities. And it's not always providing clean water and drilling water wells. Sometimes it's just jumping in and having a good time. And here is an example in Haiti. Look at the water, though. Look real close at the water. Here we go. Watch it. Everybody said, man, why'd you hold your nose? Not only did I hold my nose, I was squeezing tight. I don't want that water going in me. Can I get an amen? Dude, I'm telling you, if you have ever seen, do you see how dirty that water was? And that's what Will was talking about. Will McGinnis from Audio Adrenaline, one of our friends, we go up there and work with Haiti. And he's like, let's go jump off this rock into the waterfall. And all. Man, that's, I'm all about it. But you see how dirty it is. 
That's the way it is in many, many places. And you will see more pictures here in just a little while. But when I tell you I like having a good time jumping off of, you know, rocks, man, going tubing, whatever it is, I also like having fun in frozen water. And you're thinking, oh, you're talking about snow skiing? No, man. I'm talking about when we had snowpocalypse right here in Shreveport, Bossier, and we were all stuck in the house. And then I went and got the boogie board. My family was getting ready to have a little fun. My daughters were like, come on, you'll hear Hannah screaming at me, shred or die, dad, shred or die. And this is just a little glimpse into a not wise man. Watch right here. Hagler, Ice Game 2021. Yeah. Shred or die, shred or die, shred or die. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh God, oh God, <laughs> no! We're redoing it. Shred or die, Dad. You got it, Dad. You got it, Dad. Yeah, Dad. Yeah, Dad. Yeah. Oh no, ice. Ah. Yeah, Dad. Yeah. Yeah, shred or die. Have you ever heard kids so excited? They're like. We're having a good time because that's really what it's all about, isn't it? I mean, you get on water, it's fun. It's a lot of the good times. And my favorite way to have fun on water is not in the snow. It's going back to that old surf stuff. Like I found this picture of Bethany Hamilton when she was here. This is a long, long time ago. Old school picture, but that's not real surfing. This is real surfing right here, man. We loved it. This is one of my favorite things to do. My friends got boats. We go out there. We have a good time with it. But then when I get in the office, all these young people mouth off. They start talking all this trash, you know, like, you can't surf. We're going to beat you and all that. So I found the old Father's Day video we did just a couple of years ago uh, when the guys were talking smack. And this just proved that I can surf. And it also proves that I need to put down the little Debbies. Watch. It would be my pleasure and my honor to school these young kids. Let the games begin. <laughs> right there right I need to put down little Debbie's you don't have to tell me all right I'm working on it but we've really had a lot of fun with it now here's the other part if you want to know a little bit more about you know my love of water it's not just having a good time on the water I take two showers a day anybody with me anybody take two showers a day where you at 
you just feel like, I, I don't feel good. If I take one in the morning, then I take one at night, and then I'm on another confession. I love a bath. I know most men don't like a bath, but a bubble bath, I'm for it. Something about it, relaxing, having a good time with it. Now, those are my confessions. I love having fun on the water. I love taking showers. I'm, I'm in. But there are a lot of people that go, well, do your kids get it? They ask me. I'm like, yes, I've raised my kids on the water. My brother, he doesn't like water, not being on it. But my kids, my family, we love it. When I tell you that my kids love the water, I will prove it. From the earliest age, here are my babies at the water park. Look at Hannah grabbing Emma's head. Just look at the picture, right? But it was all about having a ton of fun with your family in the water. We built a pool when we lived in Stockwell. Ian grabbing some kind of towel or something. Look, jumping in, son. Having a good time. When they were little, Emma going down the water slide. We're over in Frisco when we go on vacation. When she was little, we'd go down that as well. Kayaking on Cypress Lake. If any way that we can get on the water, we're gonna go do it including Ian now has taken up surfing as well so has Emma but I'm just going man that's what we love to do now why do I show all that well I do it to set up this next video because many kids don't like water and this is just to get you a laugh because I know you've had a rough week you're getting ready to try to get in the mood this is just to remind you sometimes we need a little push if we're going to try to do something we've never done before have a little fun lighten up a little laugh on kids that don't like water watch y'all that's pretty good right there have a little fun with it and why am I showing all of this water talk my love of water my kids love of water is because for us in America it is very simple water is fun and it is easily accessible I mean you can drink as much water as you want you can play in the water you just have it in America we are blessed we have awesome situations but not all kids around the world have this luxury and this is why I'm glad you're here today I'm here to remind you of once again, you want to kind of focus on what you have going on this week, getting the table ready, getting the food ready, but maybe, maybe, just maybe for a couple of minutes, we can put our attention towards people that are in some pretty tough situations like this little guy right here. It's because my kids grew up going to water parks. They grew up going down water slides, but whenever we travel around the world, we take pictures like this. It's kind of like, man, this is tough. It's because we truly don't understand how blessed we are and how much we have to be thankful for until you look at other situations and circumstances around the world. When I tell you that kids don't always have fun, this next picture kind of says it best. Look at this little boy's face here and you go, well, what's he upset about? Well, they get up about four in the morning and they go down and they begin to get a wheelbarrow and they begin to fetch their water from the, some of those same dirty rivers and streams that we go man there's no way anybody could drink out of that they do drink out of it they do cook out of that they do bathe with that water and these kids and women are primarily the ones that go to fetch this water they're the ones that are primarily involved in retrieving the water so their family can't eat and bathe and drink another picture that I want to put on the screen for you is when you see these little kids carrying 40 pounds 50 pounds of water depending on how much they can get sometimes they pack their bike so full they put it on their back they just make it happen because that is the culture. 
We don't understand it in America. Sometimes we're like, that's hard to believe, but I have seen it now in every country that I've been in. And every time we go around, it, it's humbling. It's kind of messed up because we start thinking about our world in the United States, and we play in the water, and we have plenty of water for the most part. But now all of a sudden, now you get outside of the U.S., you start going, wow, this is different. And outside of the U.S., you ready for this? 4,500 kids a day die because they don't have access to clean water. We talk about how difficult it is, the challenges we have in America, but can you imagine if in America this was the circumstance where we could not get the clean water and then as a result kids were dying? Jackson, Mississippi is the closest city that I know that went through some water issues and it's pretty inconvenient. It's pretty difficult, but when you don't have any way for it to be resolved, it's deadly. You say, well, how is it deadly? Well, there's all kinds of diseases that are found in this water. You can look and see and uh, understand real quickly how when you don't have access to clean water, how it affects so many people's lives and ultimately can take their life. 2.1 billion people lack access to clean water today around the world. Just wrap your head around that. We don't have that problem. We don't think about it, but just get your mind wrapped around in the middle of Thanksgiving. Last week, we talked about being thankful for the food we have. We raised money to be able to help all these people eat, and that is critical. I'm shifting your attention now to the fact that it's not just food. You can't cook the food without water, and you need clean water to be able to do that. And who's responsible for getting this water? I'll drive your attention again to the children because this is what it looks like. We don't look at it. We don't want to deal with it. We'd rather change the channel. We'd rather think about something else. But I'm challenging the church, Jesus followers, to look at it and to be concerned about it, not to just go, man, I don't really care about that. I got other things to worry about. As we'll see in today's message, Jesus says, no, this is what you should care about. When we're about our preschoolers going to school and getting started and having a little lunch and getting all their little stuff together, they're sending them out the door to retrieve water for their family. And you say, well, where do they retrieve it from? And you saw the rivers and stuff, but as you've probably also seen around the world, there's a drought going on. Many of the streams are drying up, so they'll find a mud hole somewhere, and that's how they'll fill their canisters to take home. Now, just think about that. When you're worrying about gratitude or we're in a week of being thankful, this is why we typically try to draw your attention to people outside of the U.S., because sometimes in America, we're not thankful, we're not grateful. We whine, we complain, we gripe, and then all of a sudden, if you can get a perspective change, you can go, man, I've got a lot to be thankful for because we're not getting our water out of a mud hole. We're not sending our kids out to do that today. This is what is shocking when you start looking at the reality for the majority of people around the world, 2.1 billion. I told you I like a bath, but I can tell you what I like more. I like being able to use a toilet that's clean. Matter of fact, my wife, if I'm traveling somewhere, we're going on the road, we're going to stop over there at Texas Best, or we're going to stop at Bucky's because she's like, I got to have a clean restroom. It's a necessity. Most women get it. We're like, uh-uh, don't, don't stop there. I'm not going to go in there. Well, this is what blew my mind going overseas is when you look at restrooms that are like this, and that's literally the restroom. And that's kind of nice because it actually has a place for you to sit down when the majority are like this picture, which is simply a hole in the ground. And people are like, that's not true, Justin. Oh, it is true, and especially when you take us Americans and we go over there and they go, where's the restroom? I'm like, there it is. And they're like, you're kidding. I think I'll hold it. And I was like, you can't hold it for seven, ten days because people don't really understand that in this world, in 2022, it's still this way. 
Now, people say it's not that way in every place you stop. No, but this is what's unusual and different. This is a clean restroom. We found this at a, a gas station that we were traveling through in Rwanda, and this is what happens. It is literally holes in the floor, but they're nice holes in the floor. You're standing on tile, and people don't really get it, but I always like to show it just to make sure that we understand how grateful we should be because 2.5 billion people lack a decent toilet in the world. For most kids, this is what their bathroom looks like. They walk out their back door and they have some, you know, drapes or some pieces of material stacked around a hole in the ground. And then this is the access. When water runs down, all that sewage runs down there and it runs into their water source. And as you can understand, not a good situation. And every five minutes, a child under two dies as a result of the disease and the sickness that's found in their water. 80% of disease in the world is related to unclean water or the access to water. Because when you think about children drinking like from streams like this, putting that in their water bottle, you go, man, that's unbelievable. But it's still happening. These are pictures and things we've seen. It didn't matter if we were in Haiti or Honduras or Africa, Juarez, you can go around the world. It's just over and over again. Dirty clothes, all the runoff comes to one place, but it's all they have. So when we're thinking about trying to teach your kids to be thankful, your grandkids, or maybe you, even just getting your head right today, these are some things to go, and I'm very grateful. 50% of malnutrition in the world is water-related because they don't have agriculture, they can't water the crops, then they can't wash the crops. There's very much related to the access to water. Women and children spend 60% of their day gathering water. Let me say that again. 60% of their day. So when you're complaining, I got some errands to do. I got a lot of stuff I need to get done. Can you imagine if over half of your day was just simply spent gathering water? When we travel around, this is what you'll see at every well. It is women and it is children. Over and over again, because the men are working. They're doing the best they can to find a job to provide for their family. But then someone has to provide the water to get the clean water. If it's not this village, it'll be another village like this. And they put them in containers and they line up and they wait their turn. You will look through there. You do will not see any men. It's women and it's children. And as soon as a boy is old enough to work, they're sending him to work. Because they've got to survive to provide food and to provide clean water. Now you may be still asking, why in the world are we talking about this today? Well, here's the reason why, scripturally. Last week, we talked about Matthew 25, and most of you, if you either care or you don't care, and obviously a lot of you did. You raised the money, you packed the meals, you blew us away, and we were able to do way more than we thought we could do. So we're super grateful. But it also involves not just food, but water. And you go, well, what does that look like? Well, here's Matthew 10, a few chapters before Matthew 25 that we'll look at again in a minute. But this is Jesus saying again, this is a large work. I've called you into. Every time I look at it, every time I think about it, it's overwhelming to me because there's billions of people without clean water. It's overwhelming. But then he says, but don't be overwhelmed by it because it is best to start small. This is why in Simple Church, for 15 years of Simple Church, we've drilled, I think, 14 different water wells in those 15 years, about an average of one a year. Some years we missed and we did two in those other years. But this is why, just starting small. We can't do everything, but we can do something. And Jesus continues when he says, start small. What do you mean by starting small? Well, just give a cool cup of water to someone who's thirsty. Just start with one small, simple act. The smallest act of giving makes you a true apprentice 
I love this translation. It's like, hey, it makes you really like me. You're learning how to do this. And then I promise you, Jesus says, you will be rewarded. Anybody who gives just one cup of water is rewarded. Can you imagine when we dedicate time and energy and resources and out of our gratitude, we give a portion of that to help people resolve the problem? Jesus says, it matters. Now, you don't have to take my word for it. You don't have to like it. You can say, I'm not sure I get, agree with it. But every time I look at this, I'm like, man, all right, Jesus, I get it. I get it. And so many times money is spent on stuff that really doesn't have an eternal difference. Where he's telling you, no, I'm telling you, you're going to be rewarded for it. Now, if you don't remember Matthew 25 last week, I'll bring it back up and give you a little refresher because it says this very clearly. It is yours. What is yours? The reward. This is talking about Jesus speaking about making it to his presence in heaven. And he says, hey, it is yours because when I was hungry, you gave me something to eat. And last week, you knocked it out of the park way more than we ever could have thought. But then when I was thirsty, you gave me something to drink. And he says, well, master, when did we do that? How do we do that? Well, because whenever you saw someone who was hungry and you fed them, or when you saw someone that was needing a drink, what did you do? He says, well, the truth is, is when you did any of these things for someone who is overlooked or ignored, it was me. You were doing it for me. I can't say it enough. I overlook it and I ignore it because sometimes it's hard to look at. Sometimes it's difficult because it's so big. And that's why I love Matthew 10 where he's saying, no, man, just start small. Do what you can. Because all of us can make a difference. You did last week. We have as a church, but we're not done yet. Some of you still question this. Can you really make a difference? Can one person really change anything? Well, in 2018, I did a message very similar to this one. And I focused on a guy that many of you had never heard of. You don't know him. He's not a celebrity. People don't usually go, oh, yeah, I know who that guy is. His name is Scott Harrison. The reason you wouldn't know him is because, like I said, he's not on TV as a sports star. He's not a movie star. He's just a person like me and you. He had an unusual job, and you'll hear his job, and you'll really believe and see that one person can make a difference when you hear his story because you're like, dude, if that dude can make a difference, then maybe God can use me. Who is Scott Harrison and what did he do to make a difference? It's an organization called Charity Water. Check out his unbelievable story. Watch. So my upbringing was pretty conservative, a family of very strong Christian faith. I didn't smoke, I didn't drink, I didn't cuss until 18. And then at 18, I moved to New York City and just said, now it's time to have some fun. And over the next 10 years, I became a nightclub promoter. I couldn't believe that there was this job in New York City where you'd get paid to drink. As you can imagine, you know, I started picking up the unhealthy vices that go along with that. And I had this epiphany when I was 28 years old. I'd gotten most of the things that I thought would make me happy. My girlfriend was on the cover of fashion magazines. I drove a BMW. I had a grand piano in my New York apartment. I just realized that I had somehow become the worst person that I knew. And I was emotionally bankrupt. I was spiritually bankrupt. I was morally bankrupt. And I knew that I had to make a serious change. I began to apply to the famous humanitarian organizations I'd heard of. And one by one, I'm denied. Because of course these are serious humanitarians and I'm a nightclub promoter. Finally, one organization writes and says, if I'm willing to pay them $500 a month, I can volunteer. And I have to go live in Liberia, which at that time was the poorest country in the world, having just escaped a 14-year civil war. So I said, this is it. When do I start? For the first time in my life, I saw extreme poverty. I set foot in a country with no electricity, no running water, no sewage. Over that two-year time, of all the things I saw, I just couldn't believe people were drinking dirty water. 
and I thought maybe I could make a difference with this one. We can build wells, we can build rainwater harvesting systems, there are all these solutions. Maybe I can use the rest of my life to help bring clean and safe drinking water to as many people as possible. I had no idea how to actually launch a charity, so I threw a party in the nightclub. And on the way in, I said, please donate $20, and 100% will go to build water projects. And 700 people came, we raised $15,000 that night, and instead of putting the 15 grand in my pocket, we took every single penny to a refugee camp in northern Uganda. We did our first few projects. And then, when they were complete, we sent the photos and the GPS and video of clean water flowing back to the 700 people that came. And people were blown away. They could see the clean water that they had made possible. So this movement of birthdays begins to spring up and 31-year-olds donate their 31st, 51-year-olds just all across the board. We've been able to help 7.3 million people get clean water across the world. We believe in a day when everyone has clean water to drink and we'll continue fighting for that. Come on, y'all, put it together for Scott, pretty cool. Now, I know some of you are thinking, it's like, well, man, can I really do anything? Well, the reason I brought this shirt out here is because, ironically, he was talking about $20 going in a nightclub makes a difference. Well, out front, there's a little tent, then this is all of the money that's given for these shirts uh, will go to help and drill uh, water wells in Honduras and providing clean water. And it is, ironically, $20 as well because I want you to know that it doesn't seem like a lot, but when you put all those little gifts together, it makes a big difference. And many of you think, well, I, you know, I don't know if God can really use me. Well, I can prove to you that he can because one of the coolest things that happened at Simple Church over the years is the fact that when you listen in these messages, some of you decide you're going to do more than just listen. Now, you know, some, many of you go, God oh, doesn't really apply to me. But then every once in a while, someone goes, no, I don't like this. I'm going to do something. <laughs> so, for example, when I came back from Haiti and I showed a picture of the child that I sponsor, his name is Ronaldson. And I told you that he was drinking out of an oil can. Most of you are like, that can't be true. Well, it is true. Because he and many other kids in that community had no access to a way to carry water to school. So they would take oil cans, rinse them out, and that's what they would drink out of. So I'd take it up to my nose and I'd smell it. It smelled like oil. I'm like, this is unbelievable. So I'm asking around. I was like, they have no other access to a water bottle? And they're like, no. So I came back, told our kids, many of your kids... And we raised money, and they wrote notes to kids, and we went from this to this, where we provided them a clean water bottle to solve a problem, something pretty simple. They took their pocket change, they took little money, they did lemonade stands, and they knew when you saw pictures of kids that were in trouble around the world, it wasn't just a celebrity, it's not millions of dollars, it was just a little bit of money. The small gift made a huge difference, and it wasn't just Ronaldson, it's little girls, and you saw your kids' notes to these kids going, hey, it, it matters to me. Look at the smiles. Can you imagine, as silly as it is, when we have bougie water bottles, you know, double-walled, insulated for my coffee, but yet there are people drinking out of oil cans? And we're not going to take the time to care. We're just going, ah, too bad, man, I hate that for him. Give me another one. I need another. And just think how much we spend on Starbucks, me included, that just that little bit about our money a month or even in a one-time gift could go to provide a kid a clean water bottle? And then Daniel, who's playing drums today, many of the others of us, we went down to a big school in Haiti, and we passed out. Every one of these kids got a water bottle. And how'd they do that? Because kids here in this simple church put their little money together and came up with a plan and got them the water bottle. And I'm thinking, man, you don't think one person can make a difference? You don't have to be Scott Harrison, Charity Water, start a foundation, 
Sometimes it's just the simplest of gifts. It's the simplest of things. And out of your gratitude, you give. Out of your thankfulness, you continue to give. Well, as I was talking about this in 2018, there were two young ladies that sat in this audience that were just like you. And they heard, and they didn't just kind of turn a deaf ear. No, they were like, man, we need to do something. Well, Haley and Brittany are their names, and right now they are out today still walking. Are you ready for this? 118 miles to help provide clean water so women and children don't have to walk 118 miles. Now, you're probably trying to figure out, why are they walking 118 miles? Well, they did it in three days. They started on Thursday. They walk, I'm sorry, on Friday. They start on Friday. They walk Saturday, and then they're going to continue walk right now, even while we're in church. And the reason they started doing this is when they saw this message back in 2018, they're like, we got to do something. We have our kids. We have our situations. Both of their husbands own Bojacks and Frozen P-Road down in the East Bank down there. So just like they saw the nightclub owner, they're like, hey, man, we have these restaurants. We have this great venue. Let's do something to do good. Let's do something to help solve the problem. And so I pulled the video that we recorded back in 2018 just to kind of give you a glimpse of who they are. Uh, and why they decided to do what they're doing and why they're even walking right now to continue to solve the problem. Years later, four years later, still going at it. Let's take a look back. Watch. Uh, we are doing a walk to raise money to go to Haiti and drill a water well. So we decided to walk 118 miles, um, just the two of us. Um, we plan on walking through three states, and we're going to conclude our 118-mile walk with a 5K that we want the community to come and run, walk, just support us for our last three miles of this. Justin did a series, and he was talking about Charity Water, and a child under the age of two dies every five minutes due to lack of clean water. And that morning, I had just given my four-year-old son a shower before church, and it really just broke my heart to know that a lot of kids don't have that luxury. On an average day, women and children walk about four miles a day to get dirty water. And so if you do four miles a day for an average month of 31 days, it's 118 miles. So that's where the 118 came in. I mean, it just, it was an idea that popped in my head and it was kind of like, okay, what can I do to make a difference? And this is a small way that I can actually make a difference. One of my favorite things about the Simple Church is that it's always about other people. It's always about loving other people, making a difference. It's been that way since I first started there. After church one Sunday, um, Haley and I sat in my living room and just honestly cried together, like just so overwhelmed with like what their reality is, like all over the world. Haiti, Honduras, everywhere. I mean, I guess just the way the church is poured into me has really motivated me just to pour into other people and show them, you know, God's love and and just make a small difference. Y'all, put, put your hands together. Come on, y'all, give them a little love. A lot's changed since then. They had a, a large group walking over the last three days. They've been doing it every year for the last four years. And now uh, they actually started, uh, or excuse me, they're concluding. They did the log jammer this morning. That was, they'd already done uh, 100 miles leading up to that. And then they're going to conclude down at Bojack's tonight. Uh, and they're not doing a 5K at the end. The good news is they're only doing a one-mile walk at the end. They'd love for you to come and be a part of that. Uh, just to encourage them and donate. If you got $20 to buy a shirt or make a donation, whatever you can do, all of that goes to helping them. And walk118.org is their website. It's all, you can go there. You can make a contribution directly to them. 
And the reason I say all of that is because it's another reminder of kids and adults solving problems in Jesus' name. You think about, you could sit there, it doesn't matter, or you could go, no, I'm going to do something. I'm going to find a way to help. And now, it really has made a huge difference. They even did a wine-to-water event down at Frozen Piro and down uh, in their whole East Bank, and it was a great success. And some people were beating them up over that. They were complaining about it. And I go back to, you don't understand the story. You got to understand where Scott Harrison came from and what they've been, you know, been motivated to do and how they can use what they have to really change someone's life, make a difference because they know it really does change someone's world because they've actually gone on these trips. Haley's gone with us, Brittany's gone with us, and then Keith, my buddy Keith's out there walking right now, the only guy this year that walked it, and I'm telling you, man, you need to be there to see this guy hobble across the finish line, and we've been picking with him because I never thought he'd be able to do it, but he said, no, I'm going to do this. And some people are asking, like, well, how did these guys and these gals decide to do this? Well, when we go to drill these water wells in Honduras, there's a lot of car time because you're driving to your site, and we begin to have a lot of fun and talking about it. But we wanted to be able to remind people of this walk. And you can't, everybody can't go on the trip. They can't always go and be a part of the water well. But to walk or to donate or to show up tonight is a way for you to be involved. And hopefully sign up for the next trip. And the more people that give, the more wells we can do, the more trips we take. And I want to take as many as I can because it's a lot of fun too. You will understand when you see this video here. Uh, even my friend Sonny from POD, Hard Rock you know, Group, man, out on San Diego, they're touring this summer. They've got all kinds of things going. But our conversations are around, when can we do this again and how can I be a part of it? So I pulled the video because I want you to see the whole well process and the village and the excitement and what it does to both us and how it changes and impacts their life as well. So here is now just a recap of the last water well we did this past year. Watch. You know, when we got on that well, when we needed that motivation, girl, we said, this is how we're doing. <laughs> this is how we're doing. Big black. 
Truck Simple Church. It's well dedication day. Thank you all for the love and the help. Y'all give a little love for that. It's a lot of fun, man. Thank you. Thank you for giving. Thank you for making it possible. And I don't want you to just hear it from me. I'm going to play one other video for you. Uh, because while we were walking here, while the girls were doing all that, and Keith, and by the way, Keith was jumping the uh, jump rope. That's the guy that's out there walking right now. There's just a good group of them out there doing it. But there's another group in Honduras walking as well. Because all the people we work with down in Honduras, they actually decided to partner this year and walk alongside of them. And then they also wanted to send you a special thank you. And here is a little insight from them and a little appreciation from our friends down in Honduras. Watch this. Hello, family and friends from Simple Church and also from Cedarbrook. Uh, we want to say thank you guys for making this 118 miles walk. Thankful to God for putting this beautiful, beautiful project in your heart. You're walking in order for people here, you know, to have clean water. Thank you for everything, for your support. Thank you for all the effort that you have been doing, um, helping our country, helping our people, and also helping us. May God bless you a hundredfold. May he return it back to you. And as we always say, to him be the glory. Thank you for being obedient to what he has deposited in your heart. You guys have inspired so many people to do this, even us here in Honduras. We appreciate you. We love you from the depths of our heart for the sacrifice that you guys are doing towards our people here in Honduras. God bless you. Thank you and God bless you. Thank you, guys. Love you. Come on, y'all. Give him a little love. Isn't that awesome? This is why I think they're almost sold out there. Their shirts are out there still, but they're almost gone. And then the do-good stores open out there as well. We put proceeds going to the same thing. It all goes to just helping people. So if you're getting your Christmas shopping going already, just remember it's open too, you know, on the weekend. So go down there. Uh, because all we're trying to do, you can go to walk118.org uh, and make a donation. And you go, well, why? Well, this is why. Is you may not be able to go on the trip. I hope you do. Man, plan on it. Put some money aside. Plan on going now because when you do, it's going to mess you up like it has me. Uh, it really is about helping people. James 4.17, this is the stuff that messes with you too. Therefore, to him who knows to do good and does not do it is sin. I got enough sin in my life, all right? So I know if I'm going to do good, you know, and I have a way to do good, then I need to do what I can. So what can you do? Last thing, show up tonight. You can literally show up and walk the last mile together, eat together, see them uh, cross the finish line, and encourage them. You didn't get to walk it. Maybe you in a way I could walk it, but I will definitely be there tonight to just love on them and show appreciation. Here is the recap video from two years just to show you kind of what that looks like when they're making in their final mile. Watch this. <laughs>
Hey, Justin, that's right. We're down here at Bojack's. What an incredible night. We have all these people here so excited as we welcome back the Walk for Water team. The amount of money they raised is absolutely incredible. The, they're still totaling it all up. We should know more next week for you to tell you for sure. But lives have been changed. Water wells are clean, going to be clean again. And we are going to put more water wells down in Honduras. So thank you, everybody who gave. For those of you who came out and walked, we're just so grateful for you guys being a part of Doing Good. Kenyon did it last time, man, and now you got Keith out there. Once again, not a lot of guys doing this. A lot of women making it happen, supporting women to keep them from having to walk, to feed their kids and provide clean water to their kids. They're out there trying to do everything they can in this community to help with that. And I'm just so, so thankful, man. You heard it. Brought, give them a food and a, a water well. It's unbelievable. Last little verse for you, First Chronicles 29, and this is, just goes along with Thanksgiving. If you need another motivation, all riches and wealth come from you. I don't know if you know this or not, but you didn't make any of the money you had. If you don't have your health, you don't have your ability to work, you don't make any money. And God's saying, hey, it all comes from me anyway. And I'm like, I agree with that. I'm thankful that I'm alive. I'm thankful that I'm healthy, that I can breathe, that I can work. And he's saying, hey, I've blessed you with it. And now, it, I love what the sheriff says, now we just give you thanks for that. I mean, you've been able to meet the needs of your family, of your uh, life in abundance really we're super blessed and we praise your glorious name for that because everything is a gift from you God just keeps blessing us with so many different things that so many people do not have and now I love this last part and we have only given back what is yours already when it comes back to giving back to God giving him something it's like hey listen you've already given it to us it's it's not that hard to give you back what you've already blessed I want you to know that that's really the heart of what we're talking about today because he's blessed us, let's find a way to give a little bit back. And when we do, God is honored by that because he knows that it's all about that gratitude. It's all about that next heart of being able to understand. I love this passage, and hopefully as you read it, it will encourage you and remind you of what it's all about today and why we're doing it. As we walk out, you go, well, Justin, is there anything else? No, I'm getting you out a couple of minutes early because I want you to have time to pick up a shirt, uh, remind you about walking this final mile. I'll put that on the screen for you. If you want to come down there at 7 p.m. tonight, let's put the blue uh, screen up. Yeah, come down to Bojack's if you want. Just to encourage them. They'll be able to wait to uh, donate down there if you want to do that too. Buy shirts, eat, hang out. The main thing is, is everything that we do over this whole month is all about giving back to people that really do need the help, whether it's from food to water. Uh, there's so many ways that we can give back. Next week is going to be the same way. It'll be a whole different thing, and it's about really locally in this community a way for us to give back. So don't miss that as well. I know everybody's out of town, some people are doing, but watch online and then continue to support, all right? Let me pray for you before we get out of here. 
Father, I just come to you. I am just so, so super grateful for the way that you have blessed us over the years at Simple Church. Been able to drill 14 different wells. I think about Bill Allred coming in my office early on when it was nobody else really involved in it. Bill was like, man, I really feel like this is something we can do, and we've been committed to that. And then as a result of that early start, Brittany and Haley and Brandy, all these others have gotten in on this run. And Miss Julie, all the way from up north coming down and walking. Our heart is just simply to be able to give back, to make a difference, to help people because we have been so blessed. And we're so thankful. And I ask you out of that gratitude, God, to just encourage others to give. Even a little bit, like you said, even just a small amount goes a long way because you tell us in your word, we just read it ourselves, that when we do even the smallest thing, you'll bless it and you'll reward us for that. So thank you for that promise. I thank you again for the commitment of this church to not just be focused on ourselves, but to keep pushing to look at what's going on for the overlooked, the broken, the forgotten, and that we would continue to fight for them the way that you called us to. We love you and we thank you, God. Give these walkers as they're walking. Now, they still got probably about another 15 to 18 miles to walk before we see them tonight. Give them strength and help them to complete that. Watch them, be, you know, watch over and protect them. And then help us, God, to be, to play our part, to do our part. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Can I get an amen out there somewhere? Come on, what's up? All right, dude, here's what I want you to do. See you tonight. I'm going to come down there and eat and hang out, dress warm if you want, because it'll be a little chilly out there. But then support them. If you can donate, go shop at Do Good. Go pick up one of those shirts on your way out. Make a donation. They have a donation station out there. Uh, you can do whatever you feel like you can do, all right? I love y'all. Thank you again for what you did last week. And I will see you next week. I hope you have a great Thanksgiving. Until then, what do we say? Peace. Thanks for coming.